Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Hoaxes are collapsing everywhere. Remember that Seinfeld episode with George? Worlds are colliding. Worlds <laughs> are colliding. Hoaxes are collapsing. They should reconstitute the Seinfeld staff for a new episode called Hoaxes Are Collapsing. Folks, I've got a stacked show for uh. you today, as usual. Hoaxes are collapsing everywhere. Democrat debate hoaxes, a Ukraine gate hoaxes, hoaxes designed to target Mike Flynn. What? Just one quick question before we get started. We bring in producer Joe here. Yeah. To, to the Democrats listening, it's a serious question. I'm not messing around. Mm. Why are you so susceptible to like hoaxes, lies, spooky fairy tales, oh, Aesop's fables. Why? That's easy. Do you have, I mean, do you not have a basic lie detector, fact detector? Uh, All right, Stack Show for you today. Welcome uh, to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today, my friend? Uh, Daniel, I'm doing well, and the answer is alien interference. That's why. Is it? That's what Microwaves it is. beaming What's into the thing, like tinfoil caps or something? Yeah. <laughs> I must be, because I'll tell you what, man. They Every single hoax they put why out there. You it? think one of them would at least come true, right? <laughs> um, all right, let's get right to it. Stack Show Day. Today's show here. brought to you by our buddies at Helix Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Helix Sleep. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. You will get the finest mattress of your life. And here's the benefit to Helix Sleep and their mattress. Listen, there's a lot of mattress companies out there. Number one, there's not a better mattress for the price. Number two, they will get a mattress fitted to you, customized for you. Helix Sleep as a quiz. It takes two minutes to complete. That's it. Matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Not for Joey Bag of Donuts, for you. You a side sleeper, hot sleeper, you like a plush, a firm bed. With Helix, there's no more confusion, no more compromising, and no more mattresses made for the other guy or the other woman. Helix Sleep is rated number one by GQ and Wired Magazine, the mattresses. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. We have two in this house, one for my daughter, one for me and my wife. We love it. Best sleep of my life, hands down. For couples, Helix can even split the mattress down the middle, providing individual support needs and feel preferences for each side. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you. That's how confident they are. It's the best mattress you'll ever sleep on. If you don't love it, but you will love it. Don't even worry about it. But that guarantee's there for you if you need it. You will not need it. It is that good of a mattress. Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders for our listeners. That's $125 off at helixsleep.com slash Dan. That's helixsleep.com slash Dan. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. Joe, let's go. Oh, thank you. So I want to just tease something quickly for tomorrow, too. Yeah. Uh, this is important. I was going to get to it today, but Joe just played me. I don't do calls on the show. We may one day take a few calls here and there. I'm not going to make a big deal like a call or something or anything. But um, Joe just played for me when I was filling in for Mark Levin on the radio, a segment where I took a caller about the tax the rich argument. And yep. I got to tell you, folks, self-praise stinks. It does. But it was pretty darn for me and Paula were sitting here cracking up. Nice job, producer Joe. Thanks. I'm going to play some of that for you tomorrow. I promise you're going to love it on a Friday where the caller didn't even know basic. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say anymore. Stay tuned tomorrow. Joe was kind enough to cut that for us. All right, yeah. let's get the story. Number one, this is important. So the U.S. envoy to Ukraine was up on Capitol Hill testifying with this witch hunt. I've got a lot of breaking news on this. Kurt Volker, he was an envoy to Ukraine 
obviously dealing in diplomacy for the Trump administration. We all know the collusion hoax fell apart. It then was replaced by the Mueller witch hunt. It's now been replaced by Ukraine gate um, and the Ukraine hoax, another big hoax. Uh, Ukraine hoax is obvious. Again, repeating it for the thousandth time. But for those of you who just tuned in for the first time, the silly Democrats made up another hoax that Donald Trump on a phone call with the Ukrainian president suggested that if we didn't get information about Hunter Biden's shady dealings in Ukraine, that we would hold up military aid. And Trump allegedly said that in a transcript. Um, he didn't. Of course, we have the transcript. We've now read it. The story has been thoroughly, completely discredited, debunked. It's another hoax. Well, Adam Schiff and his star chamber, um, they're up there engaging in a fake impeachment. Uh, it's not a real impeachment with no vote, trying to compare it to a criminal trial. Well, they had Volcker up there yesterday. It's a piece by Byron York and the Washington Examiner. Uh, I'm going to put up a snippet from it in a minute. Title, Schiff pressed Volcker to say Ukraine felt pressure from Trump. Felt pressure to do what? Well, as I just said, to produce information about shady Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's a kid, or they weren't going to get military aid. A story, again, that's been completely discredited. So Schiff, who is honestly, I'm not kidding, one of the dumbest guys on Capitol Hill. This guy has promulgated so many fake news stories and hoaxes that how anybody takes this guy seriously, him and Swalwell are two IQ midgets up there. Some of the dumbest guys up there, they can never, ever get their stories straight. And they're some of the worst political tacticians I've ever seen. They promote hoaxes with no idea how the hoax is going to end. And then when it ends and it blows up in their faces, they just move on to the next one. So they bring up Kurt Volker, who worked with Trump on this Ukraine thing, expecting Volker to, to uh, you know, advance their narrative. Well, according to Byron York, that's not exactly what happened. Hmm. Quote, a secret interview, Rep uh, Representative Adam Schiff, hack leader of the House, I added the hack part in, leader of the House Democratic effort to impeach President Trump, pressed former United States Special Representative to Ukraine, Colt, uh, Kurt Volker, to testify that Ukrainian officials, Joe, felt pressured to investigate former VP Joe Biden's son, Hunter, oh. as a result of Trump withholding U.S. military aid to Ukraine. There's the hoax. Well, what happened? They thought Volker was their ace in the hall. No, no, no. <laughs> According to Byron York, Volker denied that was the case, noting that the Ukrainian leaders didn't even know aid was being withheld, and they believed their relationship with the U.S. was moving along satisfactorily. Without them having done anything, Trump mentioned in his notorious phone conversation with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a scam. I, I mean, I can't, I don't know how many different ways from Sunday I can tell you that Ukraine, Ukraine gate is, is just a follow. And by Ukraine gate, I'm talking about Hunter Biden scam. Not There's no scam for Trump. It's right. another hoax. It is just a simple progression from the collusion hoax to the Mueller witch hunt to this, they need something to constantly hit Trump on. Now, the reason I bring this up and not, not to overdo Ukraine, we talked about all last week, we've been hammering this Ukraine story to death. If you've been listening to the show, you are thoroughly informed now. There is no there there for that. Just like there was no there there for the collusion hoax, according to the actual investigators who investigated the collusion hoax. <laughs> Remember Peter Stroke's text? Yeah. I bring this up for another reason. Not just that nobody, nobody, is accommodating sleazeball Adam Schiff and actually fortifying his ridiculous story right. about this deal. Right. Military aid for information. Nobody's saying that. No, just Adam Schiff. Captain Hoaxer. Captain Ahab of hoaxes. He's hunting for the Moby Dick of hoaxes and he's found another one. There he is. There she blows. There she blows. Captain Schiff. Hey, the Ahab of hoaxers. Right? <laughs> 
Why am I bringing this up? Not just because Volker yes. blew it for them. Had to do that, dude. Folks, they have been trying to manipulate the American public to make you believe um, that this is some kind of criminal trial. It is not. An impeachment is an entirely different thing. Yeah. It's a political trial, not a criminal trial. I covered this the other day, but it's being done tactically for a reason to impugn the character of Donald Trump and make it seem like he's under some kind of criminal investigation because obviously that has negative overtones. If I were to say, gosh, you know, me and Paul are under criminal investigation, you and the audience would be like, what? What did they do? They're trying to do this for a reason. An impeachment is a political trial in the Senate followed by an impeachment charge leveled in the House. C clear? It is not an indictment. Right. There's nothing, but the Democrats are suggesting that their secret proceedings, because they're not letting Republicans into many of these meetings, they're conducting all of this in secret, unlike what happened in the Bill Clinton impeachment, where everything was public and the information came out in the Star Report. Their suggestion is, well, we're doing it in secret because like a criminal trial, uh, excuse me, criminal trial, we're in the grand jury phase and grand juries are always secret. <clears throat> Joe, as we discussed the yeah. other day, it's kind of important following up into my next story, Pongino.com. Yeah, bro. Now, we discussed this, so I'm going to let you cheat a little bit. Now, Joe is not a federal agent. He doesn't have to be. He wasn't a cop, but Joe's a smart guy. Joe, in grand juries, they generally take votes, right? Yeah. Even though they're in secret, grand yeah. juries take a vote yeah. and they have to vote to indict someone. Right. You go into a grand jury as a prosecutor, as an agent, you tell the grand jurist, you tell them your story and they come back and they issue a true bill. Right. And the subject of the grand jury proceeding gets indicted. Right. Everybody gets indicted in a grand jury, by right. the way, as I said, because there's no, it's not adversarial. There is no defense allowed in. Everybody gets indicted. You indict a ham sandwich in a grand there jury. No are. problem yeah. at all. Hands down, twice on Sunday. Easy. I've never heard of someone not getting indicted. But they take a vote. Yeah. Well, that's not what Pelosi's saying now. Uh -huh. Remember, the Democrats want you to believe this is like a grand jury, so it should be secret. But grand juries vote, not the House. From our Bongino.com piece, I'll include this in the show notes again. This is from yesterday. Breaking. Pelosi will not hold a vote on impeachment. Circles back to Putin. <laughs> so, oh, hey, hold oh. On. Time out. Everybody time out. Oh. I don't have my red flag. We're still unpacking props and everything. I got to oh. my meeting a red flag on the field here. Yes. So let me get this straight. Oh. Pelosi suggesting to us an impeachment is happening. It's not because it's happening in secret. Nobody knows what's going on. No vote has been taken. And the Constitution clearly delineates that the House of Representatives shall have the sole power to impeach. Not the Speaker, not Adam Schiff. In other words, House of Representatives meeting by any plain language reading of the Constitution, there must be a vote from the actual Joe representatives. Yeah. Plural. Plural, baby. Plural. This is clearly not an impeachment based on our Constitution. They're just making this up. There is no impeachment. But to make you believe there's an impeachment, Nancy Pelosi is saying, we're in an impeachment. And it's so devastating. And we're keeping it secret because we want it to be like a criminal trial. Folks, you cannot have it both ways. I don't want to beat this thing to death. But it's important what's going on right here. You can't have it both ways, liberal lunatics. Either it's an impeachment with a vote or it's not an impeachment and you're just making this up. There's no impeachment. Or you take a vote, it's an impeachment, you hold the proceedings in public like every other impeachment U.S. history has. Or, again, you're violating precedent and making this stuff up as you go along. 
third, if you're going to insist this is just like a criminal trial where hearings are conducted in secret, it's not. There's no precedent for that. No impeachment has ever been conducted that way. Let me be crystal clear. None. Not Johnson, not Clinton, and not the, well, as I said, Nixon wasn't impeached. He resigned. But not the impeachment hearings with Nixon. All of it was public. There's no precedent. But third, if you're going to compare it to a criminal trial in a grand jury, they actually vote, Nance. You right. should actually read the federal criminal rules on how things work if you're going to make such a stupid comparison. No, we're not voting. This is the star chamber. Now, there's three things going on. Well, I covered some of them already. But just to kind of sum this up, with this lack of an impeachment vote, the obvious question you should be asking now is why? Why is Nancy Pelosi bailing on taking an impeachment vote? The short answer, ladies and gentlemen, because she's going to get smoked. Smoked. One of two ways. She's either going to lose the vote on the floor. She needs to get to 218, 218 members, a majority, that'll vote for articles of impeachment. House of Representatives in the Constitution, not representative. Remember, she needs a majority. Folks, if she loses the vote and she puts it on the floor, it will be the biggest political facepalm. I am not kidding. The biggest political facepalm in 50, 60 years. I can't even think of a bigger one. She will lose in human. What are you going to do? Re-impeach him? It would be humiliating. Re-re-impeach him later? Now we're really going to impeach him. That would be the first way. Facepalm. Big time. The second way, I'd argue, would be even worse. You may say, well, really? it gets worse? Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> What if she actually does get the votes? You may say, well, they'd celebrate, right? No, not so much. Ah. Ladies and gents, as my mother used to say, believe you me, Janiel. She used to call me Janiel because my, my, oh, my whole family's J's. Jimmy, John, Judy, James. So she'd be like, James, John, Janiel. My mother used to say, believe you me, Janiel. Believe you me. I don't know what that (laughs) meant. Believe you me. I'm really serious. Believe you me. If they win the vote, it's even worse. Why? Because you have approximately, what is it, 20, 30 members in Trump or Trump-leaning red districts or swingy districts, members of Congress, representatives that are up for election, obviously every two years, up in this presidential election cycle with Trump back on the ballot. You want to be running in a Trump district as one of these lunatics who said, yeah, yeah, I want to impeach the guy. For what, a hoax? Yeah, a hoax, that's right. You want to be that guy? Well, that woman, folks, listen, I ran for office. I know what it's like to take one on the chin. It's tough. And you do not want to be the guy to have to get up in front of a bunch of angry constituents whose health care costs are through the roof and tell them (laughs) that you spent the last 18 months of your life trying to impeach a president on a hoax. Yeah. Believe you me, as (laughs) my mom, Judy, would say. Second reason it's even worse. So again, first reason they lose the vote, face palm. Second, they win the vote and they lose all their members. Bigger face palm, even worse. Ladies and gentlemen, if they win the vote, there's still a trial in the Senate. That's not a majority. You need 67 out of 100 in the Senate, not 51. 
let me just approximate that of what what are the chances, Joe? I'm going to guess here, and you, Joe, listen because you are the audience ombudsman. Yes, Daniel. if you need to correct me, you can. I'm giving you permission to humiliate me on the air. Okay, Dan. I'm going to guess, Joe, the chances of them winning a Senate trial with a majority Republican Senate led by Mitch McConnell Ooh. and flipping 16 Republicans, Republicans. Yeah. To vote against the president on a hoax. I'm going to guess, Joe, the chances of that are exactly zero. Oh, Am I wrong? I think you're... You think I'm wrong? I think you're pretty close to right. Yeah, pretty close. I think I'm pretty right, too. Yeah. I would say goose egg, donut, chocolate glazed D&D. Maybe a Krispy Kreme. You have zero chance. So why is option one a facepalm, but option two an apocalyptic uh, Ellie? Ellie, where's that from? Remember that movie Deep Impact? <laughs> an extinction-level event? <laughs> Why is number two an extinction-level event for the Democrats? Not only do they lose the members, who now have to go on the record to impeach for a hoax and run on it, but they're on the record. Now they lose a Senate trial in the biggest facepalm in 100 years. Folks, that's why Pelosi doesn't want to vote on it. She either doesn't have the votes, or she does. Either way, she loses and Trump wins. It's a hoax. Listen, Watergate, love Nixon or hate him. It happened. There was a break-in at the Watergate Hotel. Yeah. The Clinton, uh, you get the story there. We'll keep it family friendly. That thing, got a blue shirt on in honor of Clinton, actually happened. That we happened. It. We got it. We got you it. may not think you should be. Impe- <laughs> Just left it back there. You may. What are you laughing about? <laughs> yeah, you may not think it's uh, <laughs> impeachable, but it happened. This uh, dude, you're killing me. I know. I, I can. I don't even see you on camera, and I can only. I. I'm just gonna move on. Sorry, Daddy. The Ukraine thing is a hoax. We have the transcript. It's a hoax. This can't possibly, cannot possibly work out for the Democrats. All right, I've got I got to get to this Mike Flynn thing. I teased that yesterday. Let me get yeah. to my my second sponsor today. I'm bouncing around because I've, we've got a lot of important stuff. Um, but this is really this Flynn case is just <laughs> and it, I mean really. I know I use the word a lot because I love it, explosive. But seriously, an explosive revelation. Stay tuned. And I've got some more video um, and audio from the debate too. I didn't forget that. There's a few more things. I just didn't want to bombard you two days straight of Democrat disastrous debate coverage. (laughs) But there was some important stuff. All right, let's get to this. Our second sponsor today is our buddies at Harry's. Ladies and gentlemen, I kid you not, these are the finest. Now, the reason I don't have my Harry's razor with me and I usually keep it, Harry's, I need another. I'm not even kidding. I use it and this new studio is like a little set up a little different and I can't keep running back. I use it. Now you see that nice little shave? That's from Harry's. Now here's my problem, why I need Harry's razors. I kid you not. I work in the morning. And I work at night. So when I work at night, I have to be clean shaven. So I don't like to shave twice because I get razor burn. Thankfully, I found our friends at Harry's. These are the finest razors out there. Listen, human beings have been shaving for thousands of years. This was secret to a great shave. Well, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flexi balls or heated handles or time travel machines, flux capacitors. Neither do you. Harry's doesn't overcharge you with gimmicky nonsense. They have the best razors out there for the best price. Clean, close shave. And here's an important point about Harry's. It's not in it, but I'll tell you this. The razors, right? Joe, you use Harry's. They last forever. They do. Yeah, the they razors do. are they last great. Long. They're durable. Mm-hmm. It's not one of these like 
cheapo one-time shave. And then you're like, it's like a chainsaw. This thing, mine, I, I have pretty thick facial hair. To, I'm not kidding. I've, I have not changed one one time for two, three weeks. It's a true story, and it was still working fine. Huh. Listen, Harry's is great. They have returned to the essential. Quality, durable blades, a fair price, just $2 a blade. Cut out the middleman. They manufacture their blades in a German blade factory that's been honing precision blades for a century. means you get incredibly high-quality blades at factory direct prices. Stop buying your razors from these other places. You're wasting your money. Harry's is super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door and your schedule with or without a subscription. There's no risk for you to try them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know. They'll give you a full refund. I promise you will. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash Bongino, H-A-R-R-Y-S, harrys.com slash Bongino. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade. Rich lathering shave drill with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash Bongino and start shaving better today at a great price. Check them out. You'll love them. All right. Uh, one more note before I move on to Flynn though. I can't, I'm, I'm going to request audience help. I do this a lot. Yesterday I had mentioned on our show that there was an interview with Al Sharpton where he's asked about what percentage of the federal tax load mm. the rich should pay. The interview is a 2004 interview with John Stossel. If you can find this, I hunted for this, I kid you not, for hours. I can't find it, but I did get a relative readout of what happened. We were discussing yesterday Elizabeth Warren's lies about fair share and how mm -hmm. much, you know, and Bernie as well, about right. how much the rich actually pay. And I use the example of the Al Sharpton interview to show you how foolish liberals are. They don't, they don't even know the numbers themselves. So what happened in the interview, and if we can get the audio, I'll play it for you tomorrow. If someone has it, send it over. Um, it's info at Bongino.com if you can find it. There's a segment of the interview where Stossel says to Al Sharpton, this is funny. He says, well, what percentage of the entire tax burden should the wealthiest, you know, i.e. the 1% pay? So Sharpton's like, well, I think the fair share would be at least 15%. Or, or he says 15%. I don't even think he says at least. Well, what was the problem? Well, Joe, at the time of the interview. Oh, they were shooting for what? <laughs> they were paying 34%. Even Sharpton. He had no idea. He had no idea. So Stossel's like, well, they pay 34%. He's like, uh, what? <laughs> this goes to show you, ladies and gentlemen, they're always making it up. If we can get that, I'll play it tomorrow um, with the uh, with Joe's great find from me on Levin. That was really funny. Well, again, another yeah. lady. It's taxation without representation. You'll love that clip. clip. It's really, really good. Okay, finally, the Mike Flynn story is really important. Hat tip at Technofog on Twitter does a really, really good job. Can't recommend the account enough. They, I don't know the person personally. But it, the account does a great job of distilling down complex legal arguments made in these cases to easily digestible bits. They found this little gem just to set this up quickly. Mike Flynn, Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, who was subjected to his own witch hunt by Bob Mueller. You all know the backstory. Called the Russian ambassador while he was in, in line to be the national security advisor during the transition. And the Democrats alleged there was some deal. And then he was arrested for some nonsense lying to the FBI charge when the FBI themselves admitted that he didn't lie. It's, it's one of the worst, ugliest witch hunts against an American patriot in human history. It really is. It's gross. It's just disgusting what happened to Mike Flynn. Flynn gets rid of his old legal team, Lieutenant General Flynn. The honorifics matter. Put that out there. 
And he hires this bulldog of a lawyer, Sidney Powell, who is taking exactly zero. You get it? Mm -hmm. Fill in the blank. So Sidney Powell filed a legal briefing the other day, which Technofog circled this little gem in there. In the legal briefing, they're looking oh. for Brady material. I, I, I know. See, Joe gets to cheat. He's watching the YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino, if you want to check it out. Oh. So let me get this straight. Mike Flynn's new lawyer saying, we need Brady material, which means evidence the government is holding that may be exculpatory. We clear on what Brady is, folks. Mm -hmm. Brady is if the government prosecutes you and they have information that you may be innocent, they are obligated, obligated to turn that over. If I am accusing Joe of robbing a bank and I'm charging him and I have video of Joe somewhere else when the bank was robbed, if I don't turn that over, oh boy, am I in a lot of trouble. That's right. That is a very, believe me, I'm not making that. I was a federal agent for 12 years. That is a huge deal. Sidney Powell saying, hey, I think there's some Brady material out there. There's some evidence indicating Flynn may be innocent. And what is she asking for again? Look at this little red line. Again, hat tip techno fog. Wait, the phones that were used by Mr. Joseph Mifsud? <laughs> what? Wait, the government has Blackberry's phones used by Joseph Mifsud. Now, you may not have put two and two together there. Some of you more advanced <laughs> listeners who followed my show for a while, you definitely, I know Joe did, oh, yeah. definitely put two and two together. Quick backgrounder. Who is Joseph Mifsud? Joseph Mifsud is the alleged Russian agent that contacts or, or has a meeting, forgive me, with George Papadopoulos from the Trump team back in 2016. And in that meeting is alleged to have told Papadopoulos from the Trump team about Hillary's emails. Understand this. Take this away. I've said it a thousand times. This is a thousand and one. If Mifsud is not a Russian agent, the entire FBI reason for opening up an investigation into Trump and his team completely falls apart. Why? Because the FBI's on the record stated reason for investigating Donald Trump is that Papadopoulos allegedly later on tells an Australian that the Russians have Hillary's emails. These are all false allegations, by the way. So the Democrat story and the FBI story is, oh my gosh, Papadopoulos got it from this Russian guy and now he's passing it off. They're trying to collude with the Trump team. You dig? It's very simple. Yeah. But Joe, if Mifsud is not a Russian agent, then we got a big, big problem. It's kind of hard to collude with a Russian agent if you're George Papadopoulos, if he's not Russian nor an agent. <laughs> we haven't heard that in a while. I Thank know. you. You're welcome. We needed a monthly. You got to refresh me once, at least once a week. That was almost, a, that's a single monthly, but it's definitely yeah. a monthly. Yeah. yeah. If it, now, I'm going to make the case, Mifsud is definitely not Russian. He's Maltese. But I have made the case to you now for over two years in both of my books about this, too, Exonerated and Spygate. Masood may have been an agent, but he most certainly wasn't an agent of Russia. Let's put up this epic Times piece, which is a dandy. This one is terrific. Be up in the show notes today. Please read it. 
Epic Times by Peter Svab. Sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, Peter. It's not intentional. Headline, DOJ obtains cell phones of central figure at origin of Russia probe. This is about cell phones for Misud being requested. Michael Flynn's legal counsel says phones that belong to Joseph Misud likely contain exculpatory evidence. Now, before we get to this snippet from the piece, Joe, I'm going to ask you again to put on your fake investigator hat to pre- pretend for a moment you're a federal agent, just for uh, a moment, because you're a smart guy. And got you it right here, Dan. Like it if you had decided to go into that field, thank you very much. All said. Now, Joe, if Mifsud was a Russian agent like the Democrats claim who was trying to work with the Trump team, yeah. pass off Hillary's emails. Devastating. You think that Russian agent would turn over cell phones to the DOJ? Um, hey, you guys, just check these out. Probably not, Dan. Thank you, Joe. That is a very sophisticated, detailed analysis. Very good. Joe's one of the best federal agents I ever met. He is the James Bond of producers on these shows. He figured it out in a gif. Of course, I'm being sarcastic. And so is Joe, because you don't need to be a federal agent to figure out if (laughs) if Sud was a Russian agent, he probably wouldn't hand over two cell phones to the Department of Justice. I'm just going to throw that out there. Of course, liberals who have to wear a dunce cap around full time won't get any of that. (laughs) No, no, of course he handed them over. He just wanted to be a nice guy. Yeah, okay. All right. Great, great, great very detailed. Fantastic analysis, Inspector Gadget. <laughs> My gosh, these people are morons. Now, from the Epic Times, oh, it gets better. It gets better. So the DOJ has Mifsud's phones. Hasn't turned them over to Mike Flynn's team, by the way. From the Epic Times piece. Excuse me. Mifsud's lawyers, Stefan Rowe, confirmed to the Epic Times that the DOJ obtained the cell phones and said he was informed that Mifsud used them to communicate with, quote, listen to this. Whoa. He used the phones to communicate with at least one person in the U.S. Wait, wait, how's that? Mm. He's a. You may say, okay, so what? Maybe he was talking to an Uber driver or something in the U.S. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, it wasn't a Russian Uber driver, I hope. Back to the piece. From the lawyer, again, Mrs. Lawyer. I was told that it was possible to retrieve a lot more data and information from the phones, he said. Neither Roe, hits his lawyer, nor Powell, Flynn's lawyer, would say how they learned about the phones or who gave them to the DOJ. Listen to the kicker. The kicker. It isn't clear how Mifsud obtained the phones. Although Powell wrote in an October 15 tweet that the phones had been given to Mifsud to use. Oh, oh, oh. So somebody gave Mifsud the phone. Who exactly gave him while he's communicating with this U.S. person? I thought he was a Russian agent. Yeah. So someone he's communicating with in the U.S., Somebody gives him these phones to handle. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Again, if you're a regular viewer, listener of this show. Sorry, I'm like getting, I'm like getting, because I think I find, I'm sorry, but I find this stuff tragically comical. And I do mean tragically comical, bittersweet. I do. Yeah. Because you have to be an idiot to not see what's going on here. But it, it, I, I, I almost have to laugh or I'll, or I'll cry or in my case now laughing and crying at the same time. Because you have to be, I mean, a dunce of historic proportions to not understand this was a setup. The Russia hoax was a setup from the start. All the facts appear to be pointing to the fact that George Papadopoulos was set up 
by people who used Mifsud to advance a collusion hoax. And it wasn't the Russians. It was someone looking to target Trump. I can't wait to see what's on these phones. The one thing, if there's one thing, if I may take a moment of personal privilege, it is the Dan Bongino show, if you'll allow me. If there's one thing I've been attacked on by media hacks, liberal morons and others, and the folks, I'm getting it, I'm sorry, just, you know, people like, oh, don't call them Martin. Listen, the show may not be for, it's not for everyone. I have no patience for these idiots anymore. If you do, great. I'm not talking about all Democrats, the radical left, the Antifa crowd, and the hoaxers. These guys have IQs of 26. I'm not interested anymore. But if there's one thing I've been relentlessly attacked on for two years, Paula knows this, Joe knows it because I've spoken about it. It's my theory from eons ago, based on a solid source I had and information I accumulated, that Mifsud was not a Russian agent and was, in fact, a Western intel tool to set up the Trump team. I have been relentlessly attacked for that. Mm -hmm. It's a conspiracy theory. Oh, it's a conspiracy, all right. But it ain't no theory. And ain't is a word in this case. I cannot wait to see what's on those phones. You may be asking, by the way, well, what's the connection to Flint? If Mifsud, you believe, was part of a plot to set up Papadopoulos, What's the connection to Flynn? Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, who else was set up back in 2014 and 2015? With the exact same, he colluded with the Russian hoax. Oh, Mike Flynn. Yeah, Mike Flynn. That's right. You don't remember that story? I discussed it about six months ago. Judy, you'll have to look that up for us. Audience archivist. Where I discussed the whole plot in 2015 to set up Mike Flynn. They invite him to a dinner over in the UK. Who shows up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This woman who has some tie professionally to Russia. Yeah. She's not a Russian agent at all. Svetlana Lakova. Not Svetlana, at all. Yeah. Not nothing to do with Russia. All of a sudden, a whisper campaign starts against Mike Flynn. He was with this Russian woman at a dinner. Oh, who invited him to the dinner? The same players who were involved in the Spygate case against Trump. Halper, the spy. What does Papadopoulos call Halper? The walrus or something? It's hysterical, by the way. <laughs> The same players, folks. The he colluded with the Russian, fill in the blank. It's used before. It's a whole topic of my second book, Exonerated. How they tried this on McCain and his presidential campaign. The exact same plan. It's all documented in the book. Then they tried Flynn. And then they tried Papadopoulos. The big question is, was Miss Sud? And we have some reason to believe he may have been in attendance at some of these things. Old Joey M was misunderstood at some of these events where Mike Flynn was being set up. Who was he talking to? Did someone give him a phone to have a little chatsky? It certainly wasn't Russians. This thing is going to blow up. We have not even scratched the surface. Scratched the surface of Spygate. All right. What do I got to get to now? Oh, okay. I got some more stuff from the debates, but let's get to this. Uh, our final sponsor and a great sponsor. We love uh, ZipRecruiter. They're absolutely terrific. Uh, I want to get to this, and then I want to cover, don't go anywhere. I've got some just stunning video from the debate, and there's been a follow-up on one of them that you're not going to want to miss, I promise you. All right. Today's show is also sponsored by buddies at ZipRecruiter. Folks, listen, hiring can be a slow process. Believe me, we know. 
Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz, he needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee shop at his company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Folks, don't waste a lot of time sifting through resumes, people who are unqualified, overqualified, applied for the wrong job. You don't need any of that. Just use ZipRecruiter. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter, said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidates rating feature to filter applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones and not waste any time. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. That's Zip, Z-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. Folks, the smartest way to hire is ZipRecruiter. Hands down. Stop wasting your time. Let ZipRecruiter do the legwork for you. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Go check them out. All right. So getting back to yesterday, excuse me, uh, what is it? The Tuesday's debate debacle. What a mess. There was so much stupidity there that in yesterday's show, I had to like distill it down to the like at, at a 10, at 10 out of 10, like the level 10 stupidity. Now mm. we're down to the eight or nine, but still important nonetheless, because this is a presidential election. I'm going to call this the tyranny block of the show, show, showing you how liberals, the word liberal, which used to be associated with the respect of liberal and liber, a respect for liberty in general, before it was hijacked by progressives and Democrats, um, is now synonymous with tyranny. No, I, I mean it. You mean, oh my gosh, that's a, the, no, it's true. Uh, liberals want to take away your big R God-given rights to protect yourself, to speak. You have Antifa, the the most violent anti-First Amendment group. I wanted to play a video, but it, honestly, it's so violent. I don't even of Antifa at the Trump rally. I, I'm not even gonna. I can't right. because I don't want and and there's not a lot of sound, so the audio listeners wouldn't get much yeah. out of it. But the tyranny streak on the left is serious, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a joke. This is a real problem. Exhibit one. Our friend Robert Francis Bateau, um, as Tucker Carlson calls him, O'Rourke. Here is him. He's at the debate talking about confiscating your firearms. And when asked about, well, what are you going to do if people don't turn over the firearms? He talks about like other consequences. And when we're done with this, I got a follow-up because he followed up yesterday with Allison Camerata from CNN, and it got a lot worse. But check this out first. Here's Beto at the debate. Exactly how are you going to take away weapons from people who do not want to give them up and you don't know where they are. If someone does not turn in an AR-15 or an AK-47, one of these weapons of war, or, or brings it out in public and, and brandishes it in an attempt to intimidate, as we saw when we were at Kent State uh, recently, then that weapon will be taken from them. Uh, if they persist, there will be other consequences from law enforcement. Uh, really? All right. Uh, listen, Folks, contrary to my generally gruff-looking appearance, I get that. No one's going to accuse me of being like a Backstreet Boy. I've never been a pretty boy, ever. I'm never going to be. 
I really am, and I mean this. I'm a peace-loving guy. I am. It's not a joke. I'm not being funny about it. I know this. I, yeah, I am. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I practice violence. I do. I practice mixed martial arts all the time. Yeah. You know why? So I never, ever in my life have to engage in it and never have to negotiate from a point of weakness. I'm not kidding. That's why I do it. I never want to be. It's fighting is brutal. It is. And anyone who does mixed martial arts and watches the show knows it. It's savage. But folks, people who understand violence are terrified of it. Fake, snuggy wearing tough guy social justice wars aren't afraid of violence because they have no idea what it feels like. The fear, the fatigue. It's awful. Try having a dude mounted on top of you, beating the snot out of you while you can't breathe. It's pretty much the worst experience on the planet. And you do ghee, and his ghee's all sweaty, and his sweaty, nasty ghee's clogging up your nose, and you can't breathe even worse. You want to die. But you don't want to tap out because people are watching. You ever fight in front of people? It sucks. Why do I say that? Does Beto O'Rourke really believe that hundreds of millions of Americans are going to just answer the door for law enforcement and just surrender their firearms? Even better, does Beto O'Rourke really believe that local sheriffs and deputies and city and municipal cops in red areas are just going to start knocking on doors because Beto said so and confiscating weapons? Folks, this is a recipe for absolute disaster. I fear violence. You should too. You are going to put the nation's law enforcement, if you if if this guy, he's got no chance, but if he were elected president in an untenably dangerous situation repeatedly, solely for the purpose of advancing your sick anti-liberty agenda. Now, Beto appeared with Allison Camerata, who shockingly, she's lost it, but she started at least asking him from CNN some hard questions about how this was going to go down. Now, Beto said, well, there'll be other consequences from law enforcement. He didn't hold back in this interview, but Allison Camerata, it's a little bit longer. We have one piece from it, but I want you to check this out because I want to discuss the logical fallacy here where Beto goes wrong yet again. Check this out. I fully expect my fellow Americans to follow the law. You expect mass shooters to follow the law? Our fellow Americans will follow the law, yes. Congressman, um, and mass shooters don't follow, by definition, million- the mass shooters in Parkland, in El Paso, I could go on for 10 minutes. They don't follow the law, by definition. There are so many instances where the proposals that we've made, whether it is a universal background check or a red flag law, or ending the sale of weapons of war, or buying those that are out there back would have stopped many of the shootings that we see in a country that loses 40,000 people a year to gun violence. Would it stop every single shooting? No, but that should be no excuse for not taking action now while we have the opportunity to do the right thing. And we also shouldn't be limited by the politics or the conventional political wisdom or the polling or the consultant class or the NRA on on finally taking decisive action. Folks, that interview goes on for a while. 
I just want to give you a little sliver because Allison Camerata brings up an excellent point. Hat tip to her on that one. Why it? Believe you me, as Mama Judy would say. Believe you me, criminals don't give a about gun law. Why? Why would you think they care about gun laws? The only people, by definition, as Camerata says, who are going to follow the law are law-following, law-abiding people. What part of that is hard to understand? You think criminals, if Beto, Beto, edict from Beto, we are going to go out and seize all the weapons, all you cops. You know, Captain Beto speaks. (laughs) You really believe that, you know, criminals are going to be like, Beto, President Beto said it's time to turn in my guns. Are you that dumb? Of course he's not that dumb. He's just saying this for political advantage. It's ridiculous. This whole thing is absurd. Absurd. The interview goes on, though. But there's another point he brings up later I want to thoroughly debunk. Beto says at one point, he hints to it. This was long, so I'm in the interest of brevity on the show. He says, well, we don't write laws like murder laws or anything like that and, and write them, you know, because bad guys won't follow them. We write them because it's, you know, that's how laws work. We bad think, no, 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 no. Now, I've explained this before. Oh. But again, in I know, Joe, I know. I'm sorry I have to, like, I know. But take a B12 shot because I know you're losing dendrites, oh, you know, as we speak. Dendrites. Oh. I feel bad. We, and need, believe me, neither me nor Joe have any despair at this point of our little lives. Too many punches <laughs> in the face. That's where my nose is. You see that? My profile? My nose has been busted so many Beautiful. times. Beautiful. My brother did it. <laughs> <laughs> sparring in an MMA thing, busted my nose. Remember that, Paula? Blood coming out of my nose. My nose was like this, sideways. Ladies and gentlemen, we write laws with the specific intent of putting a perimeter, a fence, a restriction around the activities of bad people looking to do bad things. We don't write laws with the intent of restricting the activities of good people and restricting their constitutional rights. What do I mean by that? If you write a law, remember for the Pareto principle we discovered, we, we, we talked about yesterday during the show? Mm-hmm. Pareto, the Pareto principle, how any law should help at least one person one while person. not negatively impacting anyone. Mm-hmm. That's the measure of a decent law. Mm-hmm. Folks, if your law only, only negatively impacts law-abiding people, i.e. seizing their weapons, while not only not negatively impacting criminals, but helping them. Why would it help them, Joe? I'll ask you a quick, let me make this, let me frame this question even easier for you, Joe. Okay, Dan. Not only is it not hurt criminals, because they will not turn in their firearms under any circumstance. Heck to no, Beto. Dan. Nope. Do you think those criminals want to prey on an armed populace or an unarmed populace? Well, that's kind of the point, Dan. You know, there's going to be less guns out there and whammo. <laughs> Them criminals going to be all over everybody's butt. You know what I mean. It's just like, like Roscoe that, P. Coltrane. That's it. He gets it. Of course they're going to be. A, they're, folks, there's a reason criminals don't like breaking into homes when the homeowner's home in gun uh, in, in Second Amendment respecting state. Right, because Daniel. they don't want to leave in a body bag. That's why. It's not hard to figure out. So Beto's analysis of why a society enacts and writes laws is backwards. We write laws to restrict the actions of bad guys, 
not the restricted behavior of good people. I mean, think about a legitimate law against, say, burglary, right? I use that example all the time. No. I promise you this. The burglary laws will not affect me, Joe, or Paula one bit. No. Now, we may need them if someone breaks into our house, God forbid. But I have never burglarized house, and nor do I intend. I don't care. Great. Burglary laws. They're terrific. We love them. They restrict and put a fence around the activity and penalize the activities of really bad people, i.e. burglars. But they don't at all affect the activities of good people. Matter of fact, they help them because if their houses are burglarized, they have a penalty for the animals that did it. Pareto. Help one person. Don't harm anyone. Gun laws do the opposite. They screw over the good guys who are now helpless against the bad guys who are now armed against unarmed victims. Beto's analysis is completely bass backwards. All right, I said this was the tyranny block of the show, and then we couldn't get this yesterday because yeah. we just annihilate Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders' stupid economic arguments. Here's video number two of Kamala Harris. This is, uh, folks, I got to tell you, I'm very rarely shocked anymore by some of the rampant stupidity I hear at these debates. But I got to tell you, this one takes the cake seriously for the dumbest thing I've heard so far. This is Kamala Harris in a back and forth with Elizabeth Warren. I'm not kidding about her push to take away Trump, the president of the United States, to take his deactivate his Twitter account. This is real. Check out this stupidity here of what should be the rules around corporate responsibility for these big tech companies. When I called on Twitter to suspend Donald Trump's uh, account that you did not agree. And I would I would urge you to join me because here we have Donald Trump, who has 65 million Twitter followers and is using that platform as the president of the United States to openly intimidate witnesses, to threaten witnesses, to obstruct justice. And he and his account should be taken down. We saw in El Paso that that shooter in his manifesto was informed by how Donald Trump uses that platform. And this is a matter of corporate responsibility. Twitter should be held accountable and shut down that site. It is a matter of safety and corporate accountability. Thank you, Senator Warren. You can respond. So, look, I don't just want to push Donald Trump off Twitter. I want to push him out of the White House. That's our job. But the way join me in saying that his Twitter account should be shut down. Let's figure out. No. Why it is that we have had laws on the books for antitrust. Uh, I mean, I I, I, really, I'm not kidding. I was actually laying in bed watching that. It was after an appearance on Fox and I was really tired. We've had a long couple weeks, me and Paul. A long, long couple weeks. Endless days. It's okay. Work is good. Purifies the soul. Hey, come on over. You want to say hello? Pop on in. Hey, look who just came in. My daughter. Want to say hello? Say hi. Hi. My daughter, Amelia. Does she look like me? She like, wave to this audience. Come a little wave. Hey. Now we got a you know, remodeled office. She can maneuver around a little different. Hi. So cute, right? I love my daughter. Where was I going with that? Oh, Kamala Harris. Folks. Remember the argument debate I had with many of you? My email's out there. It's on the website. I read all your emails when you send them in, Paul and I. 
Remember that back and forth, I got some of the most vicious emails. I mean, people are lawyer listeners, and they were like, listen, Dan, I totally agree with you. We had this back and forth, Joe. Remember this? About net neutrality. Oh, yeah. And about government regulations for the internet. And I said to you guys, ladies, I get it. Twitter stinks. So does Facebook. You think the government regulating this is going to make this better? There are no good solutions to the Twitter-Facebook problem and their censoring of conservatives. None. There are only bad ones. The question is not what's a good solution. It's what's a less bad solution. And the least bad solution is to let the market sort this out. Man, I got emails for weeks. This is too much. I can't take it. I get it. I'm with you. I am not vouching for Twitter and Facebook. They screwed me over. Twitter doesn't even let me run ads. They banned us from running ads. Facebook did this crazy thing with us a little while ago. I get it. You win. I'm just telling you. You want the government now to have monopolistic use of force powers to regulate these platforms, knowing people like Kamala Harris are out there who wants to literally, not figuratively, shut down the Twitter account of the president of the United States. You think that's a good idea? Folks, I'm sorry. I'm not poking fun at you. I am not diminishing your comments. They were well-written. They were thought out. Some of them were a little vicious. That's okay. I mean, I'd rather him not be, but I got a thick skin. I actually don't, but whatever. I'm supposed to say that. But introducing that camel's nose under the tent of government regulations, you are begging for trouble. All right, just quick. I want to sum up a few things. I want to put up a couple of tweets out there. Uh, again, from the debate, Biden lied again. I'm not going to play the cut because we covered it the other day in the show, but Biden again, Joe Biden. I didn't talk to my son about his Ukraine scam. Even CNN, even CNN, fake news, CNN, fact check. Joe Biden claims he never discussed Ukraine dealings with his son, but his son indicated otherwise. What did, what did they say? What did, when we lost Walter Cronkite, Johnson said, when you lost CNN, Joe Biden, stop. You talk to your son about his shady Ukraine deals. Just stop the insanity like Susie Powder. You said, stop the insanity. Stop, stop. You're busted. Just admit it. Another tweet. I mean, have there been a more humiliating tweet? Well, what's the tweet? I'm just trying to set this up. (laughs) If you're watching on YouTube, you get that. The the most, I know even Paul's laughing. This is the most humiliating tweet I've ever seen. At Barack Obama. This is real accounts, not a parody. (laughs) I was proud to work with Justin Justin Trudeau as president. Obama's endorsing Trudeau? He's a hard, (laughs) this is the blackface guy, right? Multiple blackface guy, right? He's a hardworking, effective leader who takes charge on big issues. The world needs his progressive leadership right now, and I hope our neighbors to the north support him for another term. Let me get this straight. The blackface guy in Canada? He's endorsing Trudeau? Folks, um, yeah, I know. A lot of you probably nodded. He hasn't even endorsed Biden. Right. right. And he's endorsing a blackface guy. I mean, Joe, (laughs) talk about a facepalm. Joe, it's time to get out of the race. Yeah. One quick note on that, too. Joe Biden is uh, one one positive for Biden. So two big face palms. He's lying about his kid and his Ukraine dealings. And Obama face palms him big time by endorsing blackface guy up north. One piece of good news for Biden. AOC endorsed Bernie Sanders. You may say, Dan, how does that work for Biden? No, 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 no. Think this through. 
Bernie Sanders' campaign was flailing. Elizabeth Warren's was surging. Biden needs the two of them to split the progressive vote. He's going to run as the fake moderate. Mm. You want to run against one or two. You want them to split the vote. A lot of these primaries are plurality races, not majority. Biden can slide through with 25%. He wants those voters split up. Bernie was dying in the polls. Now he's got the champion of false news, AOC, endorsing him, giving him a little uh, CPR. This is great news for Biden. But Biden really needs to get out. His campaign is over. Finally, one last tweet from this guy, Jay Rosen, who claims to teach journalism or something. He's journalism. This is, again, uh, hilarious. I, I mean, so stupid. This guy, Jay Rosen, apparently is offended that we're asking Elizabeth Warren, like we did on my show yesterday, uh, about if our plan is actually going to raise taxes. This is this clown at Jay Rosen, NYU. The make Elizabeth Warren say she would raise taxes on the middle class qu- question should be a credibility killer for the journalists who keep asking it. This, folks, again, this is one of those like, don't, yeah, it's a totally legitimate. Are your taxes going to go up or not? Jay Rosen doesn't want you to ask that question because he knows the answer is yes. Right. So he's trying to frighten other journalists. Whatever, dude. We're not buying this nonsense. All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to my show, youtube.com slash Bongino. We're trying to get to 300,000 subscribers. You're helping us get there real fast. Also, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You want to say goodbye, too? You, you, you give a wave over there. Say goodbye. Uh, Google Podcasts as well, iCart and SoundCloud. We'll see you all tomorrow. You want to wave goodbye to everybody? <laughs> goodbye. See you all tomorrow. Take it easy. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.